1: It may be because he's Swiss, I don't know, in terms of European style. I can take you to Suplex City tonight, bitch. Can you say the alphabet backwards? Well, I can your ass backwards. You're not funny and nobody likes you. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This is my friend!
2: Wrestle WrestleRant Radio. Alright folks, welcome back to WrestleRant Radio, the final episode of 2015, December 29th, 2015. I'm Graham Jesus Matthews, being joined one final time, only hours removed from our Beast booking session in SmackDown vs. Raw, 2007, General Manager Mode. I got at JNap's ring wrap right here from the Twitter. John Knapp, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Graham.
1: How are you? Thank you for having me on the final WrestleRant of uh, 2015. It's been a great year.
2: It's been a great year. We'll talk all about it. We're breaking down the 2015 WWE slash NXT Year and Review Awards here today, talking about my personal, and yours as well, favorite year in wrestling, which is saying a lot. You've been watching even longer than I have, since 06, and you do d- indeed say it's been your favorite year since uh, since 06, correct? hundred uh,
1: percent. I mean, 2007 has to be up there for me. I mean, that's back when kayfabe wasn't dead, you know. From, uh, <laughs> 2015. Gotta be up there, man. So much has happened. It was an eventful year. we were, uh, we were with uh, great, great matches and uh, some great moments as well. We're gonna get into all of those.
2: I distinctly remember even before we get into the matches, I mean I guess we'll talk about it during the, the match of the year awards too, but I distinctly remember a phone call that we had mid halfway through the year, and even on the train ride home from SummerSlam, which was an equally amazing experience all in and of itself. But um, talking about how 2015, it's going to be hard to find one sole match of the year. Because we've had so many great matches, starting from the Royal Rumble match, or the, you know, the triple threat WWE World Heavyweight Championship match at the Royal Rumble, which was back in January, to the ladder match, just at TLC, like two, three weeks ago. You know, It's been an incredible year from an in-ring standpoint, you know? Yes,
1: it really has been. It's tough to pick just one, but it looks like your fans did just that.
2: Yeah, I got a lot of great choices. Some some were pretty close, some not so close. So you and I looked at the yeah. results for the very first time just this afternoon. So we'll be breaking that down right here, right now. But before we get into that, got to talk a little bit about Beast booking, brother. Beast booking here today on SmackDown vs. Raw 07. What are your thoughts on it? It was a great session for the people that don't know.
1: Hey, Graham, unfortunately you're breaking up just a little bit. Can I, one second, let me
2: just find a... Yeah, no worries, no worries.
1: Hello? Can you hear me? Okay, sorry about that. I'm having some uh, difficulties here at the homestead. But uh, (laughs) we were talking about Beast
2: booking. (laughs) Yes, yeah. What were your thoughts in the session today, for those that may not know?
1: We had a... I mean, Graham and I had been playing SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 man's mode since July of 2011. We have been up and down the road with some of the, you know, the greatest matches, fantasy matches we've ever thought of, and, uh, Glenn and I like to pat ourselves on the shoulders as, uh, some of the best bookers in town, I guess you could say, but today was, uh, no different from the usual trend, we had a lot of, uh, new content to book and watch play out, um, and it was, it was, it was just fun from start to finish, we, uh, got new rivalries going on, we, uh. Just uh, finished WrestleMania, and we went into Backlash. And next time I see you, we're going to go into Vengeance. <laughs> it's great for for all the uh, the hardcore fans. You know what we're talking about. It's a, it's a great
2: time. <laughs> it's an absolutely great time. One of my favorite wrestling video games. And that while we were at your place, while I was there earlier this afternoon, just got done playing Two K Sixteen, which we'll get to in just a second before we get into the year and review awards. Um, but SVR 7, always a great game to play. Looking forward to getting to Vengeance when the next time we hook up, hopefully either next Monday for the first Raw of the year or whatever it may be, next month in 2016. Um, but like you said, been playing since July of 2011. I haven't been even doing this show that long, much less anything that long. That's almost five years. And they made the promise to you a couple months ago, we are going to hang out on that day. I forgot when the exact anniversary is, but it's sometime in early July, like a Saturday or something, this upcoming like year.
1: I feel like it was July 13th. I feel like it was around
2: there. It was around that time period, yeah. So I think it's, it's funny because the 2011 calendar, or 2016 rather, shares the same calendar as 2011. So whatever the day was when we first started playing, exactly five years to the day, it'll fall on that exact same day and we will be sitting there playing that game. And, That's uh, so cool. Still going, we're still going strong too. I have no intentions of ending... GM mode anytime soon. We got past our tenth year. We're already ten years in in the game. It's just incredible. That game is so much fun.
1: We sound like the biggest
2: marks in the world right now. It's crazy.
1: It it is truly a great time for a game. I I, I was telling you today, we got we got to like film. We got to like film some of this stuff. People would pay to see what
2: we're doing here. (laughs) Yeah. I got people asking me all the time, like, what are the latest, after I tweet out, what are the latest results of the, uh, of the latest Beast Booking session? At Zach Donegan, act today, uh, you know, asked you today what the card was, and it was an incredible card. Can you read it down for me off the top of your head from Backlash 2011 in the game?
1: Well, for Backlash 2011, it's our 10th Backlash we've been doing for a while, but we started <laughs> off with a, uh, a great matchup between
0: a young Carlito and Randy Orton, mm-hmm. Carlito
1: being the heel, Randy Orton being the babyface. Uh, Randy Orton went over Carlito. Following that, we had uh, Shelton Benjamin versus Bobby Lashley for the Intercontinental Championship. Shelton Benjamin retained his Intercontinental Championship in a great match. Then we had Undertaker, teaming with the British Invasion, William Regal and Paul Burchill, versus this new, form, newly formed monster Mash of uh, <laughs> the great Khalid, Naivari, and Umaga. So that was fun. Following that was the uh, World Tag Team Championship matchup between Harlem Hell, uh, the name for our tandem of Booker T and Kane, and uh, they were taking on the team of John Cena and Chris Benoit, who were on their way to become the longest reigning world tag team champions in our universe, um, and so that was a fun match. Uh, John Cena and Chris Benoit did win that match. Uh, after that was the greatest of all time. Who was the greatest of all time? Eddie Guerrero. Versus The Rock, and so following The Rock and Eddie Guerrero, we had a great uh, main event for the WWE Championship. It was uh, the Radar Superstar taking on our winningest WWE champion in our universe, uh, in the history of our universe, uh, The Animal Batista. And Edge pulled a fast one. Uh, He beat Batista with uh, some shenanigans involved, and we're going to see what's uh, what's to come with that rivalry. But it was it was a great great booking session we had today.
2: Such a great show, all top to bottom, all six matches, not even including Kid Cash and Hardcore Holly on the kickoff show, A.K. Heat, that had four and a half stars. Every single match, four and a half stars, which is incredible.
1: It truly was. I mean, my goal going into that show, I mean, my goal for a long time has been I wanted a six-match card... With uh, that, got all five stars up and down the up and down the card, and uh, we haven't done that. We've done that on like four match cards and five match cards, but um, that's my goal is to get a six card uh, pay per view and five stars for every match, and we were pretty damn close uh, tonight with uh, four and a half stars for each matchup.
2: And hopefully, come Vengeance, we will accomplish that goal the next time we hook up, hopefully next week. But also today, we were able to play, or I mean, I was able to play or watch you play for the first time on You've Been Playing It Since You Got It for Christmas. WWE 2K16, what are your initial thoughts on the game?
1: I mean, just, uh, right, I, my excitement was, I couldn't. I couldn't even... Begin to tell you how excited I was to play this game. I mean, I was one of the people who just heard about the initial reviews of WWE 2K15, and I just uh, I I didn't get it. It was the first SmackDown versus Raw slash WWE slash WWE 2K game I had not purchased since 2K6. It was the first game I or not 2K6. I apologize. (laughs) 2006. I apologize. Yeah. Or no, I never saw 2006. basically
2: in 10 one. years yeah,
1: it was the first one i had purchased in almost 10 years as soon as i heard it wasn't it wasn't even close to you know their their original standard of gameplay and um and so i got this one and i heard so many great things about it and this the fact that they had the largest roster in uh ww games history you know i had to at least try it out and uh it's honestly it's amazing i'm right now i'm you know, finishing up the Stone Cold Showcase, which was very well done. I uh, showed you how they incorporate the uh, real-life dialogue of Jim Ross and uh, Jerry the King Lawler Waller uh, during the cutscenes of that game. The gameplay is outstanding. I was telling you how it actually feels like a challenge. I mean... Over the years, I've gotten so good at the WWE games, as I imagine a lot of people have, where you know you're just flying through the showcase or flying through the season mode, where you know it's, it's not even it's not even fun. The replay value is just so low because you're dominating everyone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they really made it a, a very realistic and fun wrestling game to play. So I'm, I'm 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 bonkers about that game. Actually, when we get off when we're done recording uh, on some radio, I'll tell you where I'm going. That's the finish <laughs> of the Stone Cold Showcase. Jeez,
2: I can't wait! It looked like so much fun too, because today when I was there, you played the uh, the tag team match from Backlash between Two Man Power Trip and Brothers of Destruction. So, and it's cool how they have those bonus matches, like matches you would never really think of, but at the oh, same yeah. time, like the milestone matches between like Austin Whipwreck from ECW, like matches like that are cool that they included. Definitely, definitely.
1: I mean, yeah, they have uh, Steve Austin, and Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Um, what else? They got they got a bunch of great matches that just take you through the history uh, and I'm just it's its very cool that they've added all this new content without you know uh, repeating a lot of stuff really I mean I was nervous that when I heard they were doing a Stone Cold Showcase I was like well you know WWE 13 was all about the Attitude Era and be Stone Cold is like the embodiment of the Attitude Era so
0: mm-hmm. I mean
1: what, what, what are we going to get that's different from in Duke K16 that we didn't get in WWE 13 but I must say it just goes so much more in with everything that WWE 13 did not do, so I really appreciate everything that 2K16 has to
2: offer. Yeah, I can't wait to play it myself. It looks like a good game, and I can't wait to uh, watch and play it some more. Hopefully, when we when we when we hang out next week, we can uh, play more matches in the Stone Cold Showcase. Because the, the best part about it too is like like I said, or also you know in, in addition to what I said. Um, with the costumes, too, with each character. Like you said, you can play Stunning Steve Austin, Austin circa 03, 97, WrestleMania 17, and so on and so forth. But at the same time, those characters aren't a different wrestler, so to speak. Like, it's not yeah. taking up another spot in the roster. So you could still yeah. play as, like, the Adam Roses and the Zack Riders, which isn't really important to everybody. But I don't know. I like, I like having those guys in the game so you can have, like, the losers to beat up on. Or the additional, you know, the Enzo Morris and the Colin Cassidy's and Baron Corbin's, like the NXT guys are a cool, a little addition too. Yeah,
1: but you and I, you and I were talking about one thing that we we're not sure if the game got all right was uh, the ranking system, the ranking <laughs> yeah. overall for the uh, the WWE superstars. And I am under the belief, I, I subscribe to the belief
0: that
1: <laughs> WWE games purposely skews the ratings of these characters you know like making chris jericho an 86 overall when you know rusev is like an 88 and you know he's a loser now <laughs> um i I, I'm on, I subscribe to the belief that they do that purposely just so you can purchase the uh the the uh expansion pack or the boost pack after and so you can like t- uh, tweak the overalls and stuff just to your liking so
0: i think uh I think there's a conspiracy <laughs> around here. <laughs> no, I like I, I sound like Christian or somewhere or sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's a conspiracy.
1: But I, uh, it's it's still uh, it's still a great game regardless of the the funky overalls that everyone has.
2: No, I would agree with that too. I, that definitely made sense when I first played two K fifteen. I'm thinking, why the hell is like an Adam Rose a ninety five? Not exact comparison, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. a lot of that stuff, like uh. What, Big Show was a 90 and Warrior was like an 88? <laughs> whereas Bret Hart was a 90. I, uh, in his prime, not like 2010 Bret Hart.
1: No, like, it, like 1992, Bret Hart <laughs> a 90. And Big Show, I mean, I, 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 but they just, I don't understand how they would like, they expect to think that Big Show was a threat at all whatsoever. What was the last match that Big Show, the last important match that Big Show won? And they're going to make him, you know, better than Roman Reigns, better than, so
2: uh, on par with The Rock, like that's, that's a little laughable. <laughs> a little laughable, but uh can't wait to play that game some more. WWE 2K16, strongly recommend it. So that being said, we'll get right into now. The WWE NXT or you know, slash NXT 2015 Year Interview Review Awards. John and I are the only ones that have seen the results so far. They came out, I closed the polls late last night. They're up now or they're done now. The, the results will be up. Right now, so we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. Starting with the feud of the year first. And the nominees were, and the voting was open from December first to just yesterday after Raw. The nominees were uh, John Cena versus Kevin Owens, Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker, Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, and Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Winning it for the 2015 feud of the year, according to you guys. Is Bailey versus Sasha Banks at thirty five point six percent? The runner-up was John Cena versus Kevin Owens with twenty three point seven percent. So, John, what did you vote for? What did you want to win? And your vote? What were your thoughts on uh, Bailey and Banks as the feud of the year?
1: I actually uh, voted for. <laughs> I didn't even vote for the runner-up. I voted for Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker. (laughs) Now, I know that we've seen this rivalry before, and it wasn't exactly a fresh concept, but I just thought that in terms of producing the coolest and most uh, entertaining content in WWE this year, I thought Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker did a great job over the summer. Um, really, really from Battleground to Hell in a Cell. So their the rivalry spanned uh, quite a long time this year, and I thought that they were, you know, they really revitalized their characters, uh, especially The Undertaker after, you know, that brawl he had with Brock Lesnar in, on a July edition of uh, Monday Night Raw, where Brock Lesnar goes, "I'm gonna kill you," and Undertaker's like, "You're gonna have to." <laughs> like, I haven't, I, I never, I haven't seen the Undertaker, you know, that badass in a long time. So I thought that rivalry, that rivalry was uh, very entertaining. But I, I can't even argue with Sasha Banks and Bailey taking the uh, taking the cake here, taking the prize because uh, they had they had a phenomenal match at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, and they followed up with a, a, another great match in their 30 minute Ironman match. And uh, I really can't complain. I I, I, I agree. I agree with I, I agree with
2: the fans. No, I agree too. I personally thought also that Taker and Lesnar were going to win it just because it's been the most prominently featured feud. It also won feud of the year for the Slammy Awards too. Um, I didn't vote in any of these, but I personally figured that that one would win. But not thinking about Bailey and Banks, I included that because I was trying to include. Certain feuds from NXT, and I included Owens and Zane. Other than that, there weren't really many standout feuds. Like Balor and Owens wasn't really a standout feud. Um, so I included Owens and Zane, and the other one that came to mind was obviously Bailey and Banks. I feel like that one won, and again, I don't disagree with it, but I feel like that one won because of those two amazing matches. The build was great, the matches were the best matches of the year. In, in my personal opinion, in any promotion, um, any major promotion, and you know specifically the Brooklyn one. But the build after that, after the Brooklyn match, they really didn't do much. They weren't on TV much. They had an amazing video package for the match and a great contract signing. But other than that, the feud wasn't, there really wasn't a feud. Whereas with Lesnar and Taker, you can name at least five or six moments that were great throughout the feud. I, I still go with Bailey Banks here, but I do agree for WWE's feud of the year. It's got to be Lesnar Taker, like you said. Taker's return to battleground. I mean, some people saw it coming. It was it was rumored, but it wasn't official, so that was cool. As you mentioned, John, the brawl was oh my god. I mean, you talked about a couple days or a couple months ago when we were when it first happened. Like the top one hundred moments in Raw history as seen on the network or that DVD that came out in like in twenty twelve or something. That would be on there. That brawl oh, yeah. was amazing one of the greatest moments of the year period so you had that the, mo- the moment at battleground with taker coming back the raw before SummerSlam in minneapolis where taker low blowed brock lesnar and he got a huge course of booze for that the match at SummerSlam slam was good the hell in the cell match was good the raw before hell in the cell when they both came back and lesnar walked out in texas and he got booed um when taker tried to confront him so i thought they had a great feud can't really disagree with bailey and banks but um, it's been a it's been a year of great feuds. I can't even disagree with the runner-up Cena and Owens, which was also awesome. One of my personal favorite feuds of the year, two or rather three great matches out of that. Um, so I can't disagree with the fans there. Well, doesn't it speak to the success of
1: 2015 where you have you don't have a clear cut winner you know? mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so many choices that are plausible choices, but you know, I the fans spoke. Bayley and Sasha Banks, they had, you no, know, like we said, they had two great matches, and I think to the point of which, um, you were speaking earlier about how Bayley and Sasha Banks weren't on uh, NXT a lot, uh, for the build to their, uh, their 30-minute Man match, I just think that you're so, uh, we as fans, I can't even, I gotta speak for myself, we as fans are, um, so used to seeing, like, these prominent rivalries overexposed, and you know, all these... Replays and video packages being shown, where that if if we don't see something for a week, you know, we, we lose interest or we forget about it. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, I, I did see that contract signing between Bailey and Sasha Banks. I thought it was phenomenal, just because it it, it really I, I felt like immense, like it felt like immense something because the if you look at the contract signing, for example, between uh, Charlotte and Paige. I mean, how many contract signings do we see on the, on uh, Monday Night Raw? throughout the course of the year. But I mean, like, I just felt like this contract signing between Sasha Banks and Bayley, it, it meant so much more, especially because we don't, they're not overexposed. We don't see them all the time, every single week. So I was, I, I just think that less is more in that regard. And I, I would still agree with the fans. I think Bayley and Sasha Banks was a, a phenomenal
2: feud. Like you said, it's an attest to really a great year that 2015 was, and we'll continue to talk about that as we continue to go through the awards. But we had so many great feuds. I mean, they can't even... I can't even shit on, I mean, I didn't include Cena and Rusev for a reason, I didn't think it was a great feud, so I mean, pers- personally speaking, that's why I didn't include it, I just thought it didn't really hold a candle to the rest of these feuds, um, but Orton Rollins was great, which only got 5% of the vote, I thought that was a great feud, Reigns and Wyatt had a couple good matches, the Hell in a Cell match was great, Owens and Zayn, great feud on NXT that lasted about 5 or 6 months, Lesnar Taker,
0: they never, they're never bad when they're
2: together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That one barely made the cut as a feud that really worked out well during the spring. So a lot of great feuds, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what takes the cake in 2016. Oh, so after yeah, that, man. we had a WWE Network Show of the Year. This one was hard because we had a lot of great network shows. And I said the same thing for the Slammy Awards, which I think were the exact same nominees. So the nominees were Breaking Ground, Table for Three, WWE 24, Swerved, Stone Cold Podcast, and Unfiltered. Now, all of these shows, even Unfiltered with Renee Young, like, all of these shows have been very, very, very good. All of them have had great episodes. The network on the whole, I mean, you and I talked about it for about, like, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours when we went camping last year, how great the network was. Even then, a year and a half ago, and you fast-forward to late 2015, almost on the two-year anniversary, not quite, but getting closer to it, of the WWE Network, and there's just so much content to watch so much content to watch not only the archive stuff that they're uploading but these original shows that all of them had great years so um before we get to the results here, or you know, going to the results here the winner of the poll with 25.9% was breaking ground and up second was with, with the runner up was stone cold podcast with 20.7% of the vote so do you agree John and your thoughts on the WWE network in 2015
1: uh, well i got i, I got to agree with you uh, the WWE Network is phenomenal. I do remember talking to you for yeah, it was about two hours <laughs> last summer, the summer two thousand fourteen. Just how great the WWE Network was. Of course, that was it was so new to us. We were so happy to be subscribers to it back then, and of course, I'm still happy now. Um, I voted in this poll for the Stone Cold Podcast, and I, I do love breaking ground. I haven't seen every episode, but I do think it is a very well put together show. Um, and I, I mean, uh, the, fan, the fans have spoken Breaking Ground, they believe, is the, the superior show on the WWE Network. I just think that in terms of content, in terms of what is delivered every single time, in terms of excitement that is generated when it is announced that it is um, being there is a new episode of it, I think the Stone Cold Podcast is the superior show on the WWE Network. I mean, I just feel like it's a bigger event. It means more when there's a new Stone Cold Podcast, and albeit. be it. Uh, back, back when he was doing it with Mr. McMahon and Triple H, there were more shoot interviews, and now they, they feel a little more tame, I think, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I still think that the Stone Cold Podcast is the best content on the WWE Network. I mean, if I had to recommend there's one show for a viewer to watch, I'd tell them to go straight to the WWE Podcast, or the Stone Cold Podcast, I love this. Uh,
2: this is tough, but off the top of your head, can you rank every Stone Cold Podcast there has been, and to refresh your memory... I think there have been I wanna say nine, but going back to last year, including the one the, the sole one from twenty fourteen. So we've had Vince, Triple H Oh shit. Vince Triple H uh Okay, not including the the Jericho ones, not including Stephanie or John. Vince, yep. Triple H, Lesnar, Heyman, Page, Edging Christian, Shawn Michaels. And I think oh did I say Heyman yeah I did so I think that's six right there off the top of uh, off off the top of my head that I believe I think that was all of them, um yeah. so yeah can you can you rank those and your personal favorites or what you thought was the best between McMahon well, Triple I can H I
1: certainly tell you that I think to this day my favorite one was the original Stone Cold podcast between Stone Cold and Vince McMahon I thought yep. that was you know by and large, the most groundbreaking interview I've seen in a long time. I know that my, the one I was least interested in, um, I'd say, probably was either Page
0: or Edge and Christian. I know those are a couple of your favorites, so <laughs> I don't want to... <laughs> Get off my show! I, I just didn't think that those interviews were specifically that interesting,
1: but I mean, I I mean those are great people, great talents, yeah. so I don't want to shake them down too much. I thought <laughs> Shawn Michaels, I didn't think Shawn Michaels was amazing. I thought it was, it was cool to see those guys talk in a candid interview, but I mean, in terms of just like, uh, Shawn Michaels has been around the block once or twice, I'd say. I mean, he's been through a lot of interviews. We've seen him uh, come clean about a lot of things, so I just don't think that Shawn Michaels exactly has a, a too much more that uh, new stuff, like things that he hasn't told anyone before. Yeah. So I think that, that it's, he's not exactly the, as much as I love to see him talk in the candid light, I don't think he's the greatest person to interview these days, um, especially because he's, you know he's been retired for four years now. There's not a lot of uh, new stuff that he could talk about in an interview about the business. Um, the Brock Lesnar interview was phenomenal. I put that up there towards the top. And uh, I think I got everyone, yeah?
2: I think that's about it. Uh, what about the uh, Triple H one? Oh, Triple H. That, that, I mean,
1: that, was, that was also another... It was a shoe-esque interview right there up there with Mr. McMahon. I'd put that at probably number two.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I'd put Vince, Triple H from top to bottom. Vince, Triple H, Heyman... Uh... Oh, I forgot all about Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman
1: was great. He was great as well.
2: Oh, I thought you mentioned Heyman too. But yeah, yeah. Heyman was great. I would put... Actually, Vince, Triple H, Lesnar was awesome. If there's any one... Stone Cold Podcast from 2015, which is great, because that's not including Vince, which is the obvious one that you would recommend to anyone, but with the exception of that one this year, I would recommend the Lesnar one, I thought that one was great, I mean, again, he had a lot of things to say, a lot of things to share that we did not know before, some things we did know, some things we didn't, and you never hear Lesnar talk in such a setting, so that's why it was so great, and they had good chemistry, they kind of you know got along like old pals, and so that was cool. I, I gotta agree, the Paige one did really nothing for me, she felt very out of place, Austin came off awkwardly, Paige came off awkwardly, there really wasn't anything to talk about, like, you and I talked about it not too long after it happened, like, she's been in the business for 10 years, which is a long time, but she's 22, 23, around our age, she really hasn't done that much, so, I mean, really isn't any, she didn't really say anything that we didn't know before, you know, so that podcast wasn't really all that riveting, Even the Edge and Christian one really wasn't that interesting as much as it was entertaining. I mean, I I loved it, but it wasn't really you know groundbreaking. But I would agree, Stone Cold Podcast, great show. Breaking Ground's been great. Table for 3, 24, really not a bad nominee on the list because all of them have been great um, all year round. But also what have been great, you and I have also been talking about this, the pay-per-views this year. From top to bottom, even Survivor Series, which (laughs) wasn't great, but it wasn't deplorable, I would say. I mean, I might be just being an optimist, but I thought it wasn't truly terrible. I enjoyed I parts mean, of it.
1: You and I have seen some deplorable, deplorable victories. <laughs> I like that word. Yeah. Uh, Survivor Series 2013 rings a bell. Yep. Um, and I, I really can't say. I mean, I, I made this statement back in, I want to say July, that there hasn't been a, a bad pay-per-view yet. I think there have been some unmoving pay-per-views, some uh, like not quite riveting pay-per-views, uh, but I can't say we've had a terrible pay-per-view in 2015.
2: And again, it was hard to vote because we've had so many great shows this year. I mean, we've had a lot of, uh, I guess we've had a lot of good shows. Like you said, we've had some decent ones. I wouldn't say any other than Survivor Series were bad. You know, there weren't really any bad ones, quote-unquote. There were a lot of good ones middle of the road shows to great ones which kind of stood out and it was kind of obvious which one would win um but i did reword this category from WWE pay- or you know pay-per-view of the year to just WWE special of the year including the Beast in the East MSG i didn't that wasn't a nominee but along those same lines takeover specials because typically i i include TNA pay-per-views but there's no i didn't even include TNA in the awards this year because they've really had such a mediocre, forgettable year. There really wasn't any point because no one was going to vote for them anyway. Um, So I just did WWE Network Special. So the nominees were WrestleMania 31, SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, Hell in a Cell, The Beast in the East, and NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. So this was the closest margin of any other category. This was incredible when we were looking at it. So winning the vote was WrestleMania 31 with 45% of the vote. However... In a very close second, with 43.3% of the vote, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. And I can't it's really hard to say. I would go with WrestleMania just because, and again, we just keep on going back to various different points in the year here, but we talked on the phone right after WrestleMania. Mere moments removed from the show. And for me, my favorite WrestleMania of all time, since we've been a fan, but even beyond that, like every WrestleMania that I've seen on the network, which is different from watching it live and watching it now on the network, but... My favorite WrestleMania of all time, just because from top to bottom, a near-perfect show, for the most part, considering the build was so forgettable, that was a a tremendous show. And also coming from someone that was at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, which I thought has been the best TakeOver special yet, with a great title match, the greatest match of the year, in my personal opinion, between Bailey and Banks, won... And everything else that happened, that was a great show too. So it's really hard to choose here. Um, do you agree with the fans, John, that WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania 31 was the greatest show of 2015? Well, you and I have talked
1: time and time again about this. I mean, all year really. The past 12 months we've talked about <laughs> yeah. how great these shows have been. And you know my love for WrestleMania 31. I remember we did text right as WrestleMania 31 went up the air. I think even then I said something to the effect that that was the greatest WrestleMania of all time, and that might sound like a mark, but you know, <laughs> I, in my in my opinion, I thought just like like you said from top to bottom, it was just an absolutely great card. You know, they they swerved us there at the end with Seth Rollins coming in, cashing the money in the briefcase in the middle of the matchup, not uh, after the matchup, and uh, I just thought that WrestleMania 31 was a phenomenal show. However, I would like to throw in the point that I have a bunch of posters hanging up in my college dorm room. A bunch of posters. But the one uh, pay-per-view poster for a wrestling show that I have hanging in my college dorm room is of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. And the reason that it's the only wrestling event, you know, pay-per-view poster hanging up in my room is because I I'd, I'd say that was a perfect card. And I don't think that I've ever... Use that word. I mean, I maybe not as seriously as I am now, not as um, passionately as I am now, but there was not one problem with that card. And I just think, I, from from terms of it just being an absolutely perfect show between Sasha Banks and uh, Bailey just stealing the show with the ladder match between Kevin Owens and Finn Dowler, I mean, even Jushin Thunder Liger coming back, and, you know, Grace in the Barclays Center. It was an absolutely... Great show, but I am going to stick true to what I voted for that was WrestleMania 31 because it was my favorite WrestleMania ever.
2: I agree, I gotta agree. Takeover Brooklyn was absolutely amazing. There was not one thing to complain about from that show. WrestleMania did have very few flaws, but at the same time, if it was any other show, I probably would have gone with Brooklyn. But because it's WrestleMania, and like you said, Putting it in perspective here as one of the greatest manias of all time. I mean, it's hard to say where it ranks, but it's t- to me, it's top five. If it's not number one, it's in top five easily. Like, there's not much wrong with the card at all. Like, Taker and Sting people shit all over, and the finish. But, I mean, even in retrospect, that was an entertaining affair. Like, you had a lot of Attitude Era-esque elements to it, which made it entertaining. And the rest of the show was great. You had a great crowd. The build w- it exceeded the build by far. And I think it, the product was entertaining from that moment up until maybe SummerSlam or the night after that. It was it was entertaining for a solid six months or so, consistently, which you really can't say for any other pay per view. So I got to go with I, I got to go with WrestleMania, and this is coming from someone for both you and I that were at SummerSlam, which I thought at that time and still to this day was a very good show. Um, you know, despite being four hours, which kind of dragged the points, but it was still a great SummerSlam. But um, you know, that Money in the Bank was really good. Hell in a Cell was great. Even Beast in the East, which was a great special, got 0% of the votes, which really, again, goes to show how many great specials we've had all year round.
1: Exactly. And I think it's it's an interesting dynamic to see how in 2014 I thought SummerSlam, which is the sister show to WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. I thought it it outshined WrestleMania. And this year I would say it's quite the opposite. I think WrestleMania outshined every... uh, main roster pay-per-view this year. I think that WrestleMania we say, I mean, like we like we were just saying it, it's a great card. And one thing I'd like to add is the reason I think our uh, WrestleMania 31 appeals to us so much is because, you know, we've had we've had we've been let down by WrestleManias before. I mean, go back watch WrestleMania 27, watch WrestleMania 29. I mean, I for when we've been fans, we've watched live WrestleManias and said, wow, that was not a good show. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you can't really watch an NXT, of, of all the NXT specials, you can't really watch them and say, like, wow, that was a bad show. So I just think that because there have been WrestleManias that let us down before, that the fact that this one, you know, we were so excited afterwards, it just really made it seem that much better. Mm-hmm. And it made WrestleMania seem that much better. When you watch NXT at any point, throughout the year it's going to be a good product and so at, at points that might mean that some of it blends into one another but really Wrestlemania stood out as the best pay-per-view this year in my opinion because uh, our, our, our you know sometimes our expectations were kind of low so that's I think that's another dynamic you need to add to the
2: equation Yeah, definitely makes sense. I absolutely agree in that. That that definitely played a factor that the expectations weren't really at an all-time high going into WrestleMania. And, I mean, we've said before, odd WrestleManias, odd-numbered WrestleManias have traditionally not been that great. I'm not saying, like, oh, WrestleMania 17 sucked, but like you said, in recent years, 29... 27. I didn't even really like 25. I mean, I thought... 25 ob- was not that good. Exactly. I mean, obviously, Taker and Michaels, but you take that match away, that match, was that then WrestleMania 25 was, for a 25th anniversary of WrestleMania, it was a shit show. I thought it was okay compared to the other two I just said, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great by any stretch. And then 23, I thought, you know, did you think that was a good show? I wasn't a fan at that time.
1: I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed WrestleMania 23. Even watching it back now, I put... Shawn Michaels versus John Cena for the WWE Championship, I put that at probably my top 15 favorite matches of all time. So, mm-hmm. despite, despite me being, what, 11 years old, watching that match live, WrestleMania 23 was the first WrestleMania I ever ordered as a fan. And, I mean, I, I remember staying up to 11 o'clock on that Sunday night I was in my parents' bedroom watching on the television and I, I cried <laughs> when Shawn Michaels lost to John Cena. I threw away my John Cena action figure and ripped up all my John Cena magazines. And that's, that's the day I became a smirk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, even even looking back then, uh, WrestleMania 23 was, in fact, a, a very good show. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't in the league of, you know,
0: WrestleMania 17, WrestleMania 21, WrestleMania 31, but, you know, still a very good show. Which
2: set the stage for us taking part in the Cena sucks chance at SummerSlam in Brooklyn. Yes sir. <laughs> Which was great. So moving along here, the Shocker of the Year nominees, Seth Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank at WrestleMania at the end of WrestleMania 31, John Stewart costing John Cena the US title at SummerSlam, Kevin Owens beating John Cena in his debut WWE match at Elimination Chamber, Ronda Rousey attacking the Authority at WrestleMania 31, Sting debuting on Raw back in January, and James Storm arriving in NXT back in October. So winning the poll... Was Seth Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank at WrestleMania with forty six point seven percent of the vote. The runner-up being Kevin Owens beating John Cena back in Elimination Chamber with twenty eight point three percent of the vote. I mean, there really wasn't an argument here. That match, or that the, the match itself between Lesnar and Reigns, again, in my opinion, one of the best Mania main events in I don't know if all of all time, but definitely in recent memory, especially probably the best main event in my opinion since. Michael's Taker 26, which we both voted, um, we both agreed on, was the greatest main, ev- main event of all time back when we did our article, Cheap Plug, on Extra Wrestling, back in April. But uh, that moment this year when Rollins cashed in, just everything about that moment was so brilliantly booked. I can't argue. I'm absolutely in, you know, in, in agreement. That was the most shocking moment of the year. If there was anything really else that I missed out, let me know. But was that well, to you, John? Let's
1: clarify a couple things. Mm-hmm. You just said some pretty bold statements <laughs> all around. So let's clarify a couple things. The finish, the finish to the match was probably one of the greatest finishes to a WrestleMania I've seen uh, ever. I mean, personally, that was a great finish. Now, I can't say that Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar was the best WrestleMania-made event since... Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker WrestleMania 26, because I thoroughly enjoy Dana Bryan, Randy Orton, Batista. Oh,
2: okay, I. okay, okay. I, I forgot about that match, I'm sorry. Despite,
1: despite popular opinion, I really enjoyed John Cena Rock 1. So, um, but I, the, the reason why Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar stands out through all the good matches we've had this year is because uh, everyone everyone loves or is impressed by Brock Lesnar. And everyone was expecting Roman Reigns to kind of hold his own. And really, throughout the match, Brock Lesnar was just dominating him. And like John Cena fashion circa SummerSlam 2014. Like, everyone was expecting Roman Reigns to kind of hold his own, win the championship, just in typical, like, ugly fashion. Like, just something no one wanted to see. And the fact that Lesnar was dominating Roman Reigns Uh, came back with a little bit of offense, and all of a sudden Seth Rollins cashes in. It was just totally not what we were expecting. So I think the swerve and the finish uh, made the match a little better than what it would have been had the finish not happened. So I think that from a technical standpoint, that match really isn't in the league of other matches we've had in recent years. But I think just because the characters... um, were, were so great in Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Not that the build was great, but I just think that Brock Lesnar has become his own household name, his, his own entity, you know, of this huge superstar. And then Roman Reigns, you know, he's, you know, the up-and-comer, the underdog. I think that the characters really added, the characters combined with the finish really added to the, the um, dynamic of the match. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is what really made the finish of WrestleMania
2: 31 so great. I agree. I feel like it was the best booked main ev- mania main event in in a long time. Anyway, I mean, with the exception of you know Rock beating Cena at twenty eight, which I thought again was amazing. I'm with you. I thought that match was great too. I mean, I'd
1: I say that's probably the most creative finish. Yes. I I've seen not that uh, not that I've seen live, but probably the most creative finish since Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart going to sudden death. Yes. At WrestleMania twelve.
2: I agree, especially at a time when WWE feels so creatively stagnant, you know, for them to have Rollins cash in, like you said earlier, it felt like he was going to cash in after the match, not during the match, which first had never been done before. Ten years, almost to the day that the Money in the Bank ladder match debuted at WrestleMania 21, at WrestleMania 31, someone finally cashes in successfully at WrestleMania, Rollins finally wins a title. Roman Reigns doesn't win the title, Lesnar doesn't get pinned, sticks around, he re-signs with the company, you couldn't have booked a better finish, I thought that finish was the absolute best thing they could have done, and something that no one, it wasn't like oh what a great finish that we all saw coming that they should have done, no one predicted that, no one saw that coming, which was why it was so great.
1: I mean you and I are in the majority of people who thought they knew exactly, either Reigns or Lesnar was going to win, and then after the bell rang someone's hand was raised, Rollins was going to come down, which is no one expected. I mean, and it's not even a big jump. I mean, Rollins still cashed in. Just the fact that it happened in between the Bells and not after the Bells just made it that much more uh, monumental, really.
0: And it's, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's the small things like that that really
2: add to the product. I agree. Like you said, one of the most creative, well-done finishes Definitely, easily of the year. I mean, obviously of the year, but even going back to Mania main events, just in terms of things that people did not see coming, even with Rock and Cena. I mean, it was like, oh, you know, Cena might win clean, or Rock might win. I don't know if it's going to be clean. That was shocking, all right, but just no one ever really could have booked this. And like you said, it's not really a stretch. It happened during the match, not afterwards, but just the way it all played out and just the way that Lesnar wasn't pinned, he still remains technically unpinned since WrestleMania 29, since he broke the streak at 30, so um, I-, I loved it all around, which contributed to it being my favorite WrestleMania of all time, but I have to agree, definitely most shocking moment of the year. And from there, we move on to the Women's Wrestler of the Year Award. I noticed how I didn't say Diva because there are people from NXT included in here as well. So the nominees were Nikki Bella, Paige, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Becky Lynch, and winning the poll with 57.6% of the vote, Which Sasha Banks, with the only runner-up being Bayley, with 13.6% of the vote, not even Nikki Bella. So, you know, from a kayfabe standpoint, Nikki was champion for, what, nine months of the year? So I would have to go with her as quote-unquote diva of the year. But, I mean, if you got to go with the women's wrestler, I know her main roster run has not been great just because she's been underutilized. She's not been losing. She hasn't lost a single match since since she came to Raw, but... She, um, you know, all year round, including the stuff Men XT, her Match of the Year nominees, her matches with Bailey, Sasha, Becky, at like four or five consecutive takeovers, coming to the main roster, being one of the most over women on the show, it's got to be Sasha Banks. So are you in agreement with John? Was Sasha Banks the Women's Wrestler of the Year in WWE? Well, I actually, uh,
1: I threw my, I casted my vote for Nikki Bello because I was under the same ideology as you. That I thought... For respecting kayfabe here, we're going to say that Nikki Bella really—I don't, I don't want to say carried the Divas Division, but I mean she really did her part. I mean a lot of people uh, subscribe to the conspiracy that oh they were just you know using her so they could erase AJ Lee's name from the history books, which I, I didn't really subscribe to that theory. They have no problem mentioning her name to this day, so I don't think that they really cared whether she was the longest winning women's or diva's champion or not i just think that there was no one really who was worthy of taking it from nikki bell throughout the 300 and some odd days that she was champion now um i think that she she didn't blow me away as a diva's champion but i thought she held her own and i thought she put on some uh some bearable matches and she was uh i And throughout this whole Divas Revolution deal, I mean, everyone was so excited to see Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch come up. I mean, and Nick, I, Nikki Bella is a good talent. I mean, I have to—I have to be the first one to say it. Like, she is—she is a good talent. She has a good character down. I mean, so I—I I, I cast my vote for Nikki Bella. I'm a huge fan of Sasha Banks. I totally think that she is the future of women's wrestling in the WWE. But as far as 2015
2: Women's Wrestler of the Year, my vote went to Nikki Bella. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue from a kayfabe standpoint. She was champion for nine months of the year, but I think what was really... What separated the two, again, for, like, Women's Wrestler of the Year and Diva of the Year, which are two separate things, I mean, you can, you know... Diva of the Year is definitely, like, what WWE classifies as Total Diva of the Year, whatever. Uh, from Sasha Banks' standpoint, for, for in her defense... I would go with her. I would go with Nikki Bella too, but I'm, you know, I was surprised Sasha won by such a large margin. I guess we don't have many Bella twins, many members of the uh, the Bella Army, you know, voting in these <laughs> polls. But uh, I, I feel like with with Nikki as champion, she did hold the belt for nine months. It wasn't a terrible reign, like you said. I I definitely agree. She's come a long way. She's improved a lot. Like, and I mean a lot compared to where they were even two years ago. They were the worst. Even, even in 2005. Main,
0: the main Bella was Bree Bella. Yep, they, and everyone was just so obsessed with her because she was Daniel Bryan's, you know, significant other. Mm-hmm. I mean, now the Nikki
1: Bella totally took the took the horse by the reins, and now she's like the dominant Bella of the of the scene. Yep. So I think yeah, even in the last year, she's really turned her her career around.
2: I agree, I mean, I hate to say it, but she's worth keeping around. She's over. She sells merch. She's probably the most popular woman on the roster. I mean, with AJ Lee gone, I mean, Paige is up there, but no one beats the Bella Army. I mean, no one's going to beat the the, the the merchandise they sell and whatever. They're not like, I don't know if I would call them draws, but, I mean, they're pretty, they've come a long way from a from a marketing standpoint and definitely in-ring-wise in, in too. I mean, she had a great match with Charlotte at Night of Champions and Hell in a Cell. Um, but before that, though, she didn't really have many memorable matches as champion for the first nine months of the year. I mean, she faced Paige... A handful of five or six times, she faced Naomi, who was kind of fell off the face of the earth. But um, Sasha had great matches all year round. So I mean, you can make a case for both Diva of the Year. I mean, I can't really complain about her winning the Slammy Award for it because you know in storyline she was the Diva of the Year. But in terms of greatest matches, then again, I mean, you would have to. I mean, like you know, for a person for a person who had like the best matches of the year, then you would go with like Cesaro. You know what I mean? So it's really you can't really just go by that. So. Um, I don't know. I, I would go with both. I would just say Sasha just because of how far she's come since winning the belt in February, having two matches of of, of the uh, match of the year nominees candidates with uh, Bailey in Brooklyn and at uh, Respect, whatever. But uh, could go either way. So we got the tag team of the year, which speaks for itself. The nominees were New Day, Dudley Boyce, Cesaro, Tyson Kidd, Primetime Players, The Usos, and Blake and Murphy. I had to throw an NXT tag team in there somehow, and I. I put them because they were champions for, like, seven months, too. So, without a doubt, New Day winning the poll with 86.7% of the vote. No one came close to getting that high of a percentage of the vote for any of these categories. The next closest was Blake and Murphy with 6.7% of the vote. Cesaro and Kidd didn't get any votes at all. No one voted for Cesaro and Kidd, which is shocking to me. I mean, they, they weren't champions for very long, but... For the six months they were around before Kid got hurt and later Cesaro, they were a pretty god- good goddamn tag team. They were pretty entertaining, so I was surprised no one voted for them whatsoever. I mean, the primetime players, oh, they also didn't get any votes. <laughs> but um, I was surprised the Usos got more votes than them. But, uh, yeah, uh, John, what are your thoughts on the New Day owning the tag team division in 2015? I mean, you and I don't really need to spend that much time on this one.
1: We've spent all year singing the praises of the New Day. I mean, they are just there. I'd say they're the most entertaining act. they got the most entertaining schtick in WWE right now, and I'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who disagrees with that statement. I just think that they've really come into their own this year uh, as heels, as a heel trio. Um, They became two-time tag team champions this year, and they, like I said, they're the most entertaining thing. The reason why many people are even so watching Monday Night Raw is for five or ten minutes that uh, the New Day is on their television screen. So that is... Uh, enough in itself just to give them the tag team of the year I mean they, they are just a phenomenal fandom as much as I love Cesaro and Tyson Kidd I think I even um, uh, I considered voting for them like you said they got 0% of the votes I definitely considered voting for them <laughs> but my vote went to the New Day just because by and large they were they, were, they might be the best thing I mean their, their new heel gimmick act that, that might be the best thing to come out of 2015
2: I agree. I agree. Nothing better has happened to Raw this year. And, I mean, I I still say this. I feel like the only, not the only three things worth watching about Raw, because I'm a fucking mark and I'm going to watch regardless, but, I mean, I feel like the biggest highlights of Raw every single week that you know are going to deliver, by and large, are New Day. I mean, maybe with the exception of last night being Kevin Owens, but, you know, more often than not, he's a pretty great part of Raw, too. Other than that, there's really not a consistent... You know, like, oh, I have to watch Raw for this person. Because even Sasha Banks isn't on most of the time. So, New Day is on every single week. They have great matches. They have great segments, promos, character development, merchandise. The whole shebang. You got to give them full credit, too. Not even creative. I mean, it was really all their idea from the start to turn themselves heel and really just kind of take the ball and run with it. So I can't disagree at all with that, you know, with that vote with them being the 2015 tag team of the year, act of the year, even. Um, so return of the year, the Dudley boys coming back on the raw, the August 24th, raw, right after SummerSlam. Del Rio returning at hell in a cell, the undertaker at battleground, stone Cold Steve Austin on the October 19th episode of raw in Texas, Chris Jericho net of champions and Randy Orton at fast lane. So winning the poll, with 51.7% of the poll was the Dudley Boys on Raw, the night after SummerSlam, and in second place, the runner-up was The Undertaker at Battleground in July. So, I mean, I didn't vote in any of these polls, but that was the one that was my favorite. I mean, obviously, I mean, the guys came back the night after SummerSlam to an amazing pot from Brooklyn right in their backyard. It had been so long in the making. I mean, I told you on our way to SummerSlam, I was thinking, I told you, the only... The three people I really wanted to see come back that night at SummerSlam or just SummerSlam weekend, period, were Sting, who also came back that same Raw, you know, coincidentally enough. The Rock, which didn't happen, but still, and then the Dudley Boys. And two or three of those people came back that same show on the Raw or SummerSlam. Just I still watch that return back, and I get goosebumps. So, John, your favorite return of twenty fifteen?
1: Well, I, I agree with the match. I thought, I mean, when we got Bubba Ray back at the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. this year on January 25th, when we got him back in the Rumble, I mean, I I, I know you. You are the biggest mark for that moment. I think, <laughs> you, I think you played that you played that clip on the WWE Network more times than anyone else in the history of
0: watching Bubba <laughs> Ray. Yes. But uh, that moment was just amazing to see. And he
1: did the whole... The whole shtick with our truth at the Royal Rumble, and I only dreamed. That I only dreamed of seeing him and Devon back in tag team action in the WWE. And well, eight months later, here they are on Monday Night Raw, and that return was just phenomenal. I mean, I like that. That Monday Night Raw, all in all, was probably the greatest Raw of the year. But I remember. Something I don't do quite often is once I'm through with the whole three hours of Monday Night Raw, I usually just trash it. I kept that Monday Night Raw for a couple, uh, at least a couple days after, just so I can go back and watch uh, the Dudley Boys interrupt the New Day because that was just a phenomenal moment. They put Xavier Woods right to the table. JBL's call was awesome for that return, and I just think that that hands down Dudley Boys great. And I, I don't want to take. And he away from the other uh, the other nominees, but I just think that the Deadly Boys, I know I, I, I mean, I might not have been too into the uh, spoilers back then, uh, but, or the dirt sheets, but I didn't, I, I really didn't have any clue that they were coming back, I didn't even know they were rumored to come back, mm-hmm. and that was just a total surprise to me back then. I don't know, you might have seen it coming a mile away, but... Uh,
2: <laughs> no, I mean, not at all, that was, that was, that's what I loved about it. The best part about that return... Even Del Rio, when he came back, as big of a shocker as that was when he came back, I was saying holy shit, and then the next night I was bored of him. (laughs) But before that, I mean it was kind of rumored that he was coming back. Del Rio, he was kind of in talks with the company. The Dudley boys, they haven't been at all. There was not a single not a single indication they were coming back, you know, let alone at all, but even just that weekend, just it was that's why I love it, because there you it's really hard to keep a true surprise in wrestling these days. And that's why that, that reaction, like I said, I still go back and watch that moment. Even at the Royal Rumble, like you said, I've talked to you about it maybe like no less than a million times. After 10 long years, Bubba Ray Dudley has come home. Like the call of it from Michael Cole was so great. It gives me goosebumps, but that, that return in Brooklyn, you can't touch it. I thought it was a great moment. I mean, how they've been used since then is arguable. I think it's been fine. A lot of people said they've, been, they've become enhancement talent, but... They are in their forties, so it's not like they should've been should've been given the titles from night one. The New Day's on a hot streak right now, so you can't take the titles off of them. So I'm not complaining about how they've been used, but just that moment was great. And the, and the art, you know, it, it, it's really hard to come by a, a, a true surprise nowadays. Like you and I go by, you know, we talk about this all the time. Our favorite returns have really been stuff we saw coming. It was for me, anyway, for like The Rock, Brock Lesnar, both of those things. I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> I, I see your point. Well, I mean, so at least it wasn't like, oh, um, you know, here comes Brock Lesnar. But it was like, I kind of had an idea beforehand. Because even when, like, the crowd is chanting for Brock Lesnar the night after WrestleMania 28, you know? But even still, um, uh, but even your favorite return of all time, Shawn Michaels in October of 2007, was something you did not see coming, correct? Uh, I
1: See, like I said earlier, k was 100% so live in <laughs> uh, yeah. 2007. I legitimately thought that Randy Orton ended Shawn Michaels' career. Like I was in tears when all that happened. I just I never thought that Shawn Michaels was coming back. So when uh, Shawn Michaels' music hit the night after I believe it was No Mercy after
0: mm-hmm. Orton
1: uh, won the title, I was just I was in tears again of happiness of joy. Uh, that, I mean, that that has to be my like just the most I was it was the most evocative thing I've probably ever seen on WWE. television. other than like maybe The Rock returning. Because um, I, I I didn't know that was happening either. It wasn't my favorite, but I just remember having goosebumps seeing him come out, just walking out. But I remember Shawn Michaels in 2007, October 2007, like there were tears of joy streaming down my face. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I, I had no idea that was coming, especially because Twitter had no presence in my life in 2007.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's moments like that, I mean... Even one that was rumored that was on the dirt sheets before it happened that I had no idea was going to happen, neither did you. I mean, this leads my list. Dudley Boys is on there, Lesnar's on there, Rock's on there, but nothing I don't I don't think it's going to top. Jericho coming back, June 30th Raw in 2014 in Hartford. I mean, it's funny because Jericho comes back all the time, so for anyone else, it's like, oh, Jericho's back. I mean, people are excited, you know, from watching on TV and whatever, even knowing it was going to happen. It's like, oh, Jericho's back, but... Man, like, we had zero idea that was going to happen, and when... Just,
1: just to be there in person was unreal, <laughs> unreal to say the least. I remember I was just sitting in my chair up there in the nosebleeds. You had better seats than me that night, but I was just, I was sitting up there in the nosebleeds, and, you know, the Miz came out, he did his whole shtick, and I, I didn't even, like, for a millisecond, Jericho's music hadn't even started playing it. It was like the, the first... Hundreds of a second after his pyro went off, I was already on my feet screaming my head off because I knew who was coming out and I had no idea what was happening. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that we love about this business, just the true surprises and just the true adrenaline rushes you get. Just from simple moments like that, just from hearing break the walls down for half a second, you know, made my entire summer of 2014.
2: Could not agree more. That moment was just absolutely incredible because the Miz came out first, and I was like, you know, being the huge misfit that I am, I was marking out from that. And then hearing the pyro go off, I did not know what that was signaling. I was like, what's going on? And then like the when the Dudley boys came back, their pyro went off, and I'm like, uh, what's going on? And then the music hits, went fucking berserk. My voice was gone for maybe like four or five days. Like you said, th- those are the moments we live for, it and why we love wrestling. And that's why I always love doing these categories for Return of the Year because we have so many great returns um, every single year. I mean, at least one great, re- one big return every year, dating back to Bret Hart. We had Bret Hart in 2010, Rock in 2011, Brock Lesnar in 2012, 2013. We had RVD coming back 2014. Batista and Hulk Hogan and Warrior 2015. The Dudley Boys. 2016, only one can continue to speculate, but um, we'll talk about that when, when we get to that moment. You know, Come 2016, maybe next week when you're on the show, we'll see. But um, those are the moments we live for, like you said. Those are the moments we watch wrestling for. So biggest disappointment of the year. There were a lot of nominees, some I couldn't even include on the list. A lot of people fell hard this year. But the nominees included King Barrett, Wade Barrett, Bad News Barrett, whatever the hell you want to call him, uh, Solomon Crowe, Rusev, Sheamus, the Ascension and Damian Sandow winning the vote with 39%, 39.3% of the vote was Damien Sandow with the runner-up being the Ascension. Oh, we got two, no, no, yeah, we have one runner-up being King Barrett with 18% of the vote. Damian Sandow, I can't argue with it all. I mean, the guy's been off TV for seven months. Like you said earlier when we talked, you know, earlier this afternoon, John, the hottest act coming into 2015, not even on TV a year later. It's ridiculous.
1: I know. I, I completely agree with you, and I mean this is this isn't even a, a category I want to touch upon too much because we're over here singing the praises of 2015, and it's it's tough to, have to talk about what what wasn't so hot about
0: 2015.
1: Mm. But I um I voted for the Ascension. Honestly, I thought that I would, I had. I'd uh seen some of their matches with the Lucha Dragons at an NXT prior to them coming up to the main roster. And then when they finally did I was very excited, despite them being knock off Road Warriors. I was excited sure. to see, you know, what they would bring to the table and they really haven't done much of anything since the year, I believe to the day since that is today, since the year that they debuted on the main roster, they just really haven't done anything for me at all. And I, I'm just—I mean, uh, Wade Barrett, King Barrett. I guess I—I I guess I saw that coming. I guess because I guess, we've been disappointed by him before. and yep. I mean, I would assume that's—that's that's a huge disappointment for you because uh, you and I have talked about this multiple mm-hmm. times. But um, I guess I really had very high expectations for the Ascension just because they were a very uh, notable tag team in NXT, and they came up here to—they're uh, barely on TV, and now they're now they're. Uh, Stardust cronies, so I guess that's not what I was expecting when they came up.
2: I mean, yeah, the Legion of Doom knockoff thing was bad enough, but then for they went on a winning streak for about I don't know, a month or two, going into 2015, but then Oh yeah,
1: then, then they lose to the, uh, the New Age Outlaws at the Royal Rumble.
2: Yeah, they lost either the, I think it was the primetime players, that, I think they beat the New Age Outlaws, I can't remember, but one of those matches though, they lost, and then that was it? They They didn't they weren't even on Raw. They weren't even in the tag team title match at WrestleMania, but the Matadors were twice. They were in the tag team title match at WrestleMania and SummerSlam, which made absolutely no sense. But, yeah, I mean, I would go the Ascension, but um, Damian Sandow, it's just... I mean, again, like with Barrett, like you said, I've been disappointed by him before, but just because... And some people saw it coming. Some people said, you know, after the Damian Mizdow character runs its course... They're not going to do anything with him, which they didn't. But, you know, I sheepishly thought that they were going to do something, but I guess not. But The Ascension 2 had, you know, had potential to make an impact, and they didn't. So hopefully, you know, brighter things for them in the new year, but I'm not I'm not holding out hope. Um, most Improved of the Year. I probably should have put this, um, uh, you know, like a description of what I meant by it. But, I mean, it could really mean anything by anyone's real description of it. Because New Day came a long way as an act Dana Brooke came a long way as a wrestler. But anyway, the nominees were Dana Brooke, New Day, Baron Corbin, Cesaro, Ryback, and Emma. Winning the vote with 50% of the poll was the New Day, with the runner-up being Cesaro, with 16%, 16.7% of the vote. So, John, we already talked about New Day, but are they the most improved wrestlers, you know, act whatever, of 2015? No, I, I wouldn't say Skill-wise,
1: because they're all pretty talented individually. Kobe yeah. Kingston, Xavier was big. I just think in terms of them coming together on the whole, and uh, they're 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 really their shtick coming together. I mean, back in 2014, they were probably the lamest act in WWE, and this year they really, really, really turned it around, being the most entertaining act. So I think in terms of that, I mean, that's improvement right there. And I would say, since they are the most entertaining thing on WWE television right now, that's they're easily, you know, the most improved. Uh, at, at wrestle, at, at, but just not t- I wouldn't say technically, I mean, yeah. Cesaro has always been a phenomenal wrestler, but I mean, mm-hmm. this year he's really kind of you know, come out of a show a little bit more so than, you know, in 2014, even 2013. So, um, but I would agree with the masses, you know, the New Day, they really, they really have improved uh, their whole gimmick, and I and I love watching every second of it.
2: And considering where they were a year ago, when I was at your house for Raw, when they beat Cesaro and Kid, and I was groaning, like, oh, why would they do that? Why would they just have one of their best tag teams lose? I mean, Cesaro and Kid were just starting out, but they lost the New Day, and I'm thinking, oh, oh, great. And that turned into one of the best matches of the year at Extreme Rules over the tag team titles. So, I know, I probably should have made that more clear about what I was looking for in Most Improved. Because a lot of those, you know, for Baron Corbin, it was technically Dana Brooke, it was technically New Day. It was more of as an act. Same thing for Ryback and Cesaro, who, you know, Ryback won gold. Cesaro had a breakout performance against John Cena and New Day were just amazing. So I'd have to agree with the masses and with New Day. Um, newcomer of the Year, Kevin Owens, Braun Strowman, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Samoa Joe, and Apollo Crews. The winner, with 77.8% of the vote. N- no- notice how I didn't say Neville either, who won the Slammy Award for Newcomer of the Year. And I thought he really didn't have a, a great year. I probably should have included him, but whatever. Um, 77.8% of the vote, right next to the Tag Team of the Year for most amount of votes for one category. Uh, Kevin Owens. And in second, the the runner-up was uh, uh, Sasha Banks. I thought it was Braun Strowman, but Sasha Banks with 11.1 percent for arriving on the main roster. So, John, the Kevin Owens year of 2015 in WWE, is he the newcomer of the year for you? Well,
1: of course. Is there really an argument? I mean, the fact that Neville won the Slammy for Breakouts of the Years is, is actually kind of laughable. <laughs> I just think that. You know, despite Kevin Owens coming in five months in, he debuted on Raw on May 18th, and I uh, came out to uh, confront John Cena. I mean, the guy beat the face of the WWE on his first night in dramatic fashion, and they went on to have a series of phenomenal matches with John Cena, and just great rivalry altogether. I mean, he had a great match with Cesaro at SummerSlam. He's had, he's been consistently the. Uh, one of the most entertaining um, uh, personalities on Monday Night Raw. I mean, between like you know, there are moments of uh, where he uh, power bombed uh, Machine Gun Kelly off the stage on Raw. Just moments like that really made him uh, just a huge personality on Monday Night Raw. And to be quite honest, I can't remember the last time a guy debuted in the same year and really became a staple of Monday Night Raw in that same year. I mean, I, I would go as far as to say that Monday Night Raw would be almost nothing right now. Without Kevin Owens, and he just debuted a couple—I like eight months ago, mm-hmm. almost eight months ago. So, um, I think that that's just really a testament to how talented Kevin Owens is, and just how how important he is to WWE right now.
2: I know it might be a big stretch, but it reminds me of the breakout year that Brock Lesnar had in two thousand and two, arriving on the scene, taking out Rock in clean fashion at SummerSlam to win the belt. Granted, Owens did not win the world championship, but I don't think he should have because Brock Lesnar. You know, I'm not going to go on a huge rant here, but had Brock Lesnar stuck around, would he have been a multi-time world champion, or would he have been knocked on the card? Probably not, because he was a special attraction. Owens, despite losing to John Cena twice in back-to-back matches in the summer, did not. You know, a lot of people have had great debuts, knocking off John Cena in their, in their not in their debut match, but they've gone on to feud with John Cena from the get-go. But where are they now? You know, like, like even Sheamus, he floundered for years before he finally became world champion again. Kevin Owens. Didn't win the world title off the bat. He beat Johnson. His first night in went on to win the Intercontinental Championship, the NXT Championship. Early on in the year, let's not forget about that. So, I mean, you can't really deny that the 2015, to me, other than Seth Rollins, has been a one of the best years for Kevin Owens. I would say, I was saying, you know, back in June, the wrestler of the year was Kevin Owens. Um, we'll get to that in a second with who I thought it could be and who won the vote. But uh, Kevin Owens, no doubt in my mind, was the newcomer. Of the year, and I look forward to uh, bigger and better things for him in 2016. 100%. So, match of the year. Final two categories here: the nominees. It's
0: getting, it's getting down to the
2: nitty gritty, Graham. You got it, brother. You got it. And We already know the results, but for the rest of us, for the rest of you fine folks out there who do not know the match of the year for 2015, what you guys voted was well before that. The nominees: Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Seth Rollins. Which me and John did watch only about a month ago on the WWE Network, a <laughs> phenomenal match. My first time watching it back since it happened, which I couldn't believe, but it was great. So that match from the Royal Rumble: Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31, Kevin Owens and Finn Balor for the NXT Championship at the Beast in the East Special, John Cena versus Kevin Owens at Money in the Bank, you know slash Elimination Chamber doesn't really matter; they're kind of the same match. Bailey versus Sasha Banks at NXT Takeover Brooklyn and then Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker inside hell in a cell. So, and I completely agree with this vote. My favorite and and the best match of 2015. There's
1: no there's no argument in this Grim. There's no argument it was the best match of 2015.
2: No argument at all. It was with 49.2% of the vote. Bailey versus Sasha Banks NXT takeover Brooklyn with the only runner up being not even close. Brock Lesnar, Cena Rollins from the Royal Rumble. Easily the best WWE match of 2015, but for in, in terms of NXT, it's got to go to Bailey and Banks, no doubt.
1: I, I, I completely agree, it's funny, because WWE.com ranked their top 25 matches of 2015, and they actually had the reverse, they had the triple threat being the best, and Sasha Banks and Bailey being the runner-up, so it's funny to see what your fans think, and that is what I agree with in that Sasha Banks and Bailey had, I mean, it's easy to say that they had the greatest women's wrestling match of all time, but I, I mean, in terms of my fandom, I would put that in maybe the top three Matches that I've watched and just totally been in shock and awe. I mean, they stole the show at the Barclays, Center. They stole the show. I mean, I, I felt bad for Kevin Owens and Finn Balor in that ladder match because they, they really couldn't stand a chance next to Bailey and Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it, it's unfortunate because... We've had so many great matches in 2015. I mean, the list of matches you just named, we'd be lucky to have one of those in a calendar year. But we had all of those in just one year, which is really unheard of for this period in WWE. And we had all of those phenomenal matches, and it's two little spunky 20-something-year-old girls from the developmental system of WWE (laughs) taking the prize. I couldn't be more proud of them. I completely agree. I, it was, it's, it's fantastic to see that these girls are just, they're, they're really, they're really revolutionizing, I hate to, you know, use that word that WWE loves to use, revolution, (laughs) but they're revolutionizing women's wrestling, they're revolutionizing wrestling,
2: period. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to sound like an asshole, but if you told me a year, maybe not a year ago, because, you know, women's wrestling was already kind of coming back into the limelight in NXT around this time a year ago, but... If you told me two years ago that my favorite match and the best match of 2015 would be a women's match, I would have never believed you. Because, I mean, back then, NXT was still kind of growing. But you're not going to see, you know, a main roster. I, I, you know, when I was putting together my best matches of 2015 for Bleach Report, and I don't think WWE.com named any women's matches from the main roster either. I, I couldn't see... I don't think I remember seeing one. The only one that came to mind was the Fatal 4-Way in, I think it was England? Made, um, maybe, right, yep. you know, uh, I don't know if it was in England, but you know what I'm talking about. It was the fatal four-way, remember, yeah. yeah, with Paige, Brie Bella, Becky, yep. and uh, um, Sasha Banks, and that match was great. But come on, this match, nothing will ever come close. I said it the night after. I said it the day it happened. Um, I mean, I know you're not too fond of the match, but my match, uh, my favorite match of all time, remains with the build, aftermath, crowd, everything about it. CM Punk, John Cena, Money in the Bank 2011. But oh,
1: don't say I'm not funny. I, <laughs> I still think it's a good matchup.
2: But no, I know what you mean.
1: I don't think that's one of, uh, of all their encounters. I don't think that was their best encounter, but yeah. go
2: on, go on. No, yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm trying to say is that if there was any match that was going to give that match a run for its money as my favorite match of all time in my seven years as a wrestling fan... It would be Bailey and Banks. It's just because I love Bailey. I loved her before. Still love her now. Banks has grown on me all year long. The build, the video package, the aftermath, the crowd, grown men crying in the in the arena for a women's title change was just. It was. It was magical. I mean, I don't think there's really any other word to describe that match as the match of the year. And I, I can't disagree with the fans. here. there's you can't disagree with the fans. I mean, other than the triple threat, I can see that, but. Like we said earlier, I mean, there was really no build to that match. The match was supposed to be Cena and Lesnar at the pay per view, and they threw in Rollins literally like a week or two before the pay per view, and it turned into an amazing match on a what was an otherwise kind of mediocre show. But this match had everything, and I don't know if anything will ever really come close to topping it. But um, just I, it's amazing. I, I'm speechless. The match was great.
1: Graysky, I hate to interject, but I just want to—I just had to fact check you. And on WWE.com's top 25 matches of 2015, coming in at number 20 was AJ Lee, Paige, and Naomi versus Natalia and the Bella twins on Raw of March
2: 30th. You're lying.
1: Coming in at number 20.
2: Are you serious? And I, I didn't even. I didn't, it's the match that AJ wore the
1: the Bailey shirt. She was endorsing Bailey and I know she did that quite often. But, oh my uh, god! The night after uh, WrestleMania, apparently. I don't. I can't even. I couldn't even tell you that match happened.
2: No, but the only I, the only thing I remember about that match, other than the fact it got maybe I don't know fucking ten minutes, but who cares? I mean, everyone gets ten minutes, and then why wasn't? I don't know. It wasn't the time limit. The only thing I remember from that match, other than it going pretty long, was the fact that the crowd was shitting all over it. And was chanting "You suck, Cena," or "You suck, Brian." You know, at all the women saying "You suck, Uso." Like, you know what? You know what I'm talking about. Nah. That, that That's what people were. That's what the people were chanting at the women during the match. That's the only thing I remember about it. Not that it was a great. Showcase. This,
1: this is how, this is how uh, Mr. Greg Adkins <laughs> com, described the action. He said, After AJ was punished for the bulk of the match, a self professed Greek goddess finally managed to tag out. That's when chaos reigned. As all six divas charged each other, Nikki went to elbow Naomi, who dodged the blow. As a result, Nikki flattened her sister and was subsequently pinned by Naomi for the win. The match was not only memorable for its frenzied dynamics, but was arguably an opening salvo in the Divas Revolution.
2: Give me a break!
1: I don't know. That might be that might be a little a little uh, exaggeration right there, Mister Atkins. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could tell you a bulk of what's happened since the Denver Revolution back in July of this year. I, I I completely forgot this match even happened.
2: So did I. I mean, I would even argue if the only reason they were going to include that was because it was AJ's last match, but then even mention that from what you said.
0: No, it, wasn't, it wasn't even mentioned in, in kayfabe.
2: Oh my god, then why would you even bother putting that? I wouldn't put it on there at all, but if you're going to mention it, at least say it was AJ's last match, I mean, I would put... The four way on there before that. I mean, I didn't I didn't even put this match on my list, but the only other match I was considering putting in my top twenty five, which they didn't put on theirs either, was Charlotte and Nikki either on Raw or Net of Champions. Or even at Hell in a Cell. Those were, you know, pretty good matches from main roster, yeah, you know, good, women. Terrible. No, those are those are pretty good matches from I the really main roster women. They happened, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's just Yeah <laughs> Exactly. It's I d I don't know. That's That's WWE.com. The rest of the list isn't bad. I just completely forgot that match was even on the list, much less it happened at all. (laughs) That's, wow. But um, bottom line, Bailey Banks, Brooklyn, amazing. Just absolutely amazing. So, wrestler of the year for 2015. I, again, don't really think there's much doubt here. You guys voted. 79.1% of the vote was the winner, but the nominees were Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, John Cena, Kevin Owens, and Finn Balor, and the winner was undoubtedly Seth Rollins, like I said, 79.1% of the votes, with the runner-up being 7.5%, not even freaking close, with Brock, uh, not Brock Lesnar, not even Brock Lesnar, it was John Cena, which I can't argue with, the guy had a great year as U.S. champion, but Seth Rollins, champion, you know, had an amazing match of the year candidate, second best match of the year at Royal Rumble, Won at fast lane. Won the belt in amazing fashion at WrestleMania. You know, held that belt until November when he had to vacate it due to injury. So there's really no doubt he was the 2015 wrestler of the year for WWE. And we should uh, just real quickly run through.
1: You and I were just talking about this today. I completely forgot we ever did this. But we listed who we thought was the, I guess, wrestler of each year. Going throughout the entire uh, WrestleMania era, the, mm-hmm. the uh, eighty-five to present day, and uh, since we the the, the people have voted, they're saying Seth Rollins owns two thousand fifteen. Let's see how, how quickly we can run through eighty-five to two thousand fifteen.
2: Well, we'll go and we'll go blow for blow. Okay, so, so eighty-five. You, you, you start with eighty-five. Okay, so eighty-five was Piper.
1: Eighty-six, we said was. Oh, I already forgot. was <laughs> <laughs> is eighty-six?
2: Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant.
1: 87 was Hogan.
2: Yep. 88 was uh, Macho Man.
1: 89. Jake Roberts. Jake was Jake Roberts. Yep. And then, oh, I should preface this. We tried to make each year a different individual, a different superstar. We wanted to give a fresh face to each year. Yes. So... Some of these might sound a little, little bits of a stretch. We're just trying to keep it as diverse as possible. Mm-hmm. So we have eighty nine Jake Roberts, nineteen ninety Ultimate Warrior,
2: ninety one we had all, uh, the Undertaker,
1: and ninety two although he was only there for a cup of coffee, Ric
2: Flair. He was there all year long.
1: For nineteen ninety two, never mind. I apologize.
2: <laughs> ninety two Ric Flair. Ninety three was Lex Luger.
1: Uh, ninety four Bret Hart.
2: Ninety five Diesel.
1: Ninety six Shawn Michaels.
2: 97, I think we said Mankind.
1: Which is the only one I disagree with, but... 98, <laughs> Stone Cold
2: Steve Austin. 99, The Rock.
1: 2000, Triple H.
2: 2001, Kurt Angle.
1: 2002, Brock Lesnar.
2: 2003, Goldberg.
1: 2004, Evolution, did we say? The stable of evolution. Or Chris Benoit. We, we, we went Chris Benoit.
2: Yep, Chris Benoit. 2005, Batista.
1: 2006 was... <sighs>
2: Oh my goodness. <laughs> you said this one, I, I, I completely forgot about it, but it was great.
1: Who, who was 2006?
2: <gasps> Their feud, oh, in the year. Oh my goodness. Oh, John Cena, excuse me. <laughs> what? I'm, I apologize. I apologize. It wasn't John Cena. Wait, what? Wait, 2006? Yeah. Who
1: are we talking about?
2: Oh my god, 2007 was John Cena.
1: Who's '06? I'm, I'm
2: blanking. I'm having a brain fart. Who who had the greatest feud of that year with John Cena? Oh, wait. <laughs> Grandma, I'm having a brain fart right now. Oh my! They dominated the year of 2006 with the WWE Championship. Oh my God! I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you.
1: We're not talking about Shawn Michaels. I mean, talking about Oh my! Edge, Edge. Oh my God. Edge, all
2: right. Relax, relax. We're going to edit this out. Graham's going to edit this out. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Okay, so 06 was Edge, 07 was John Cena. 2008 was
1: we agreed on the Graham, I'm the worst. I'm sorry, 2008.
2: <laughs> Who was 2008? I'm the best in the world at everything I do. All right, Chris Jericho. I had to give you shit about the Edge one just because it was one of your favorite feuds of all time, so it I was so... <laughs> for the fans, my favorite that's why it's so funny but anyway 08 Jericho 09 we initially said Jeff Hardy but we changed it to Randy Orton Randy
1: Orton 2010 was The miss.
2: 2011 Del Rio and wait for 2012 before you complain
1: 2012 we said CM Punk
2: there you go in 2013 Daniel Bryan
1: 2014 was the only repeat we because we had to give it to him Brock Lesnar in
2: 2015 Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins love it So I messed that up a lot. We did the list like a year and a half ago, so I don't blame you. And there's like 30 people to remember. uh, And I had some trouble remembering myself. But, if you had to take an early prediction, we're going to go back on this show a year from now. Mark my words, when we do our annual Year in Review Awards episode of WrestleRant Radio, we will go back to this one and look at it. What is your prediction for Wrestler of the Year in 2016? I'd love to be risky. I'd love to be risky. But I'm going to keep it safe. And I'm going to go with Okay, I was gonna say we're gonna do do a safe pick and like a bold prediction. So safe pick, Roman Reigns, I agree. Bold pick. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna be bold here, I'll go with Oh wow, if we're gonna go with male superstar of the year, um Finn Balor. Finn Balor,
1: wow, that is bold. Alright. And then I'm going with for two thousand
2: sixteen Cesaro. Cesaro, okay, okay, okay. And a little little more safe, but a little, a little bold, a little safe, I'll go with uh, Kevin Owens, too. That, that's both
0: bold and
2: safe. Yes, yes, so I'll go with that. Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Cesaro for you, and Finn Balor for me. So only time will tell. But that is the 2015 WWE slash NXT Year in Review Awards for the third consecutive year, the second consecutive year, I've reviewed them with John here on the show. A very fun time, as always, talking WWE 2K16 SVR07 in the year that was, 2015 in WWE. So one more time, John. The year of 2015, what does it mean for you? And one word to describe it, what would you say it was? Um,
1: I'd say it was, can I use a hyphenated
2: word? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's action, fine.
1: I'd go action-packed.
2: Okay, action that's good, pack. okay.
1: Yep. From January
2: to December, there was so much action. I, 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 I don't think you can really disagree. I mean, I think, oh. like you said, I mean, I wasn't just going to say awesome. I'm just going to go with the cliche and just say awesome. Just we've, we've had so many awesome moments. But you could say that for any year. But I, I got to agree. I mean, like I said earlier, there really isn't any other year where we've had that many match-of-the-year contenders that you could rightfully say was the match-of-the-year, you know? so. Okay. I think you're right, Matt. Action-packed, would definitely, you know, sum up 2015 in a nutshell.
1: Graham, 2015 will go down as both of our favorite years as wrestling fanatics, but I will say I have a good feeling about 2016. I've been 2016, we have 2015 to run for its money.
2: So do I. I, I definitely got that feeling, too. I've already got my tickets booked. Not really, but when they come out, I will. Both of us. SummerSlam and TakeOver. Yes. Gotta go TakeOver. Yes, sir. Takeover, maybe Raw too. Maybe maybe we'll throw Raw on there too. We'll, we'll say. Oh man, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Takeover. For that. I'm ready. No sleep till Brooklyn. Starting right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh my! It's gonna be a great year. I'm already looking forward to it. Uh, 2016 will definitely have its work cut out for it in terms of following up 2015. But it's gonna be a great year. 2015 has been an amazing year wrestling wise, and just as a fan, looking forward to what 2016 has to offer. So as always, John. As always, thank you for coming on the show. The first time you've been on the show since—oh my it's god! Some time. I'm trying to think. I don't think I had you on over the phone over the fall. I think we might have been the no. ma- the last time might have been. Oh it man, is. I I don't even think it was in August. I'm trying to think. Really? We didn't talk. I mean, we didn't review SummerSlam together because then you were working that day. Ah, uh, even the time I went over to your house and we did John in the Box. I don't think we did WrestleRant Radio.
1: No, we did a hashtag.
2: We did. I um I, probably July when we did the um wow. the, the, the raw in Chicago. So five months.
1: Well, well, I have to tell I have to tell all of your glorious fans that I prefer to talk to Graham in a setting in which he and I are both in the, the same room because I, I I'm not thrilled about the audio quality of when I'm on the phone. But tonight was just uh, it, it had to be done. We're trying to continue the tradition of Graham and I, you know, closing the wrestling year with a bang. So tonight had to be done. I had to call in over the phone. Um, but hopefully over the uh, Christmas break, over the winter break, uh, we get to uh, meet up a couple more times and talk wrestling.
2: Exactly. Well, this would have been in person if I had not forgotten my goddamn microphone here in my house, <laughs> but we were still able to do the show anyway, both... Last year, this year, and let's not forget six years to the day yesterday, same Monday that we went to our first ever Monday Night Raw in Hartford.
0: Oh my, which was a terrible show. But you know, we were we were happy to be there. What
2: you, you didn't love J- Sheamus getting DQ'd and pulling the ref by his shirt to get DQ'd? Oh my Mikey just fell to his
1: knees. And the damn match. As as I watch replays of Earl Hebner getting, like, (laughs) shot in the face with the match (laughs) still going on. Kyoto Uh, rang the bell for a push from Sheamus.
2: Oh, my Um, God. All right, guys. We're going to hype this WWE title match between
1: John Cena and Sheamus for about a month now, all right? (laughs) And then when we finally get there, we're going to start it at 11 o'clock. And Sheamus is going to pull Kyoto's shirt at (laughs) 11.03. And we're going to send the fans home very angry, all right? Sounds good. Break. Great, great
2: booking. Book advance, I love it. Great idea. You, well, you, you can't tell me you didn't love to see Timbaland that night, too. Oh,
0: great, great, great guest. <laughs> he had no idea what he was
2: doing. Technically, we did get sent home happy, specifically you, because you got a free Jeff... Oh, no, wait, maybe that was before, but you got a free Jeff Hardy DVD. No, that was that night. That was that night. No, but I'm tr- I'm, I'm, uh, when I say before, like I mean before the show. It was on the way home. It was right before the show. Oh, okay, so it was before the show. But still, that was yeah. a great gift.
1: Yeah, a, fa- a fan on the streets of Hartford gave me a a Hardy Boys uh, decorated stocking with a bunch of WWE gifts inside, including Jeff Hardy's uh, newly released newly released DVD, uh, whatever it was called back then. But, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that made my night, I guess.
2: My life, my rules. I think there it was. You go. Oh. I going to my way of the highway. <laughs> my way of <or> the highway. <laughs> great, Doc. Great night, as was this one. John, before we let you go, Cheap Plug, Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, AIM, <sighs> Gmail account. My LinkedIn. I got
1: to get it all
2: in. <laughs> get everything in, brother. All
1: right. Well, I'm going to keep it short and sweet for you guys. You can follow me on Twitter at JNapsRingRap. I just changed the handle. It is Ring. Wrap and I'll be doing a lot more ready for Graham on nextairwrestling.net over the winter break. I got an article get ready to go start right now if Ooh. you're listening tonight. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun winter break for me and Graham. We got a lot of a lot of content coming your way.
2: Nice, nice. Check it out, folks. The return of John's Jargon already up on nextairwrestling.net right here on the website. Checking out characterization and how to create a superstar in 2015 or technically 2016 whenever you're listening to this it's already up on the website check it out and that's it you guys get a special treat maybe we'll get John back on the show next week or whenever we see him next in the new year it's going to be great as always John thanks for coming on the show I appreciate it brother.
0: Graham thank you so much I appreciate it.
2: Anytime thanks for a great 2015 I'll catch you down the road yes sir. See you brother. Bye